0: Well, why don't we wait by, uh, I mean, begin by uh, meditating for a little while. Welcome, every, by the way, welcome, everyone. Welcome to all, all of you. Some We have some members from different time zones. Somebody's here, I know, in, in, uh, from Scotland. So welcome, and welcome to newcomers. By the way, I'll mention we we do have um, small groups for, for those of you who are newcomers. We have also small groups that that uh, are smaller, uh, much smaller, like six to eight people, and um, the people get to be very close, very intimate, open, and find it meaningful and worthwhile. So if that's something that you'd like to do, you could just write to the IMC Senior Sangha and let us know. And we'll get in touch with you about getting into a group. So before we meditate, I just want to mention something that I may have mentioned before. Um, The Buddha he was purposely raised in the lap of luxury. Uh, there had been a prediction to his father that his his firstborn son would become either a great king, powerful king uh, with many lands and very successful, or he would be a spiritual seeker. So the king was afraid he'd become a spiritual seeker, so he wanted to make sure everything was very nice for Buddha, for the maybe for Siddhartha. So the the home there was there was nothing in the home that showed any sign of suffering. Everything beautiful, smells beautiful, music, artwork, um, great foods, wonderful, loving family, all of the. Um, Worldly pleasures and, and worldly kindnesses were bestowed upon him in the hope that he'd stay and um, So he was a very happy boy, and then you know you know what, what happened. He, he went to the town and he saw uh, someone sick, someone old. Last, <laughs> someone dying and he was shocked he had never occurred to him that this body gets old and sick and dies and he also saw a spiritual he saw a monk and he was inspired to leave his, his well power, prestige, love, material pleasures, and, and and abandon all of that. And by the way, he was a terrific athlete. He, he was a terrific student. He was best at everything. He was completely successful at everything he tried. And then it was the same on the spiritual path. He outdid his teachers in concentrations, but that didn't satisfy him. He went into the most rarefied blissful, magnificent jhana states didn't satisfy. He outdid his teachers in yogic exercises. It was said that his, his um, renunciation was such that his stomach was one a sunflower seed away from his spinal cord. He, was, he almost died. And a shepherdess her name was, I believe it was a job key. Um, a little girl who was taking care of her sheep noticed him across the river. And as he was by the river, he almost died, collapsed, sick. And she came over sweetly with a bowl of milk, a sheep's milk. And she gave him some sheep's milk and he revived. Through, and he looked at, through her kindness, her love, and, um, and then he had a, a, an awakening experience. He remembered himself as he was as a little boy. The innocence,
1: the openness,
0: um, the pure heart of a little boy sitting in the shade by a tree watching his father. His father was doing some chariot exercises in a field and just remembering how simple and peaceful this ordinary little boy's mind was. So maybe we can remember something like that. I know we all have stories about our childhood that aren't maybe so peaceful, might have been some heartbreak, some difficulties and some traumas and so forth, but but also there, I think maybe we all can get in touch with that peaceful childlike mind. And that was it for him. That was boom, this ordinary mind that we all share This simple, natural mind was his awakening. Nothing like lights and bells and whistles and stars and cosmos. Just this ordinary, simple mind. And he he thought, this is so simple and, and so wonderful. Nobody would understand it nobody would understand the simplicity of this. I'm not going to teach it. I'm not going to tell anyone. I won't continue with the story. It's a wonderful long story. But the, the point is this childlike mind. So let's meditate for a little while. Loosely upright posture and drop. into the body, drop the thinking mind. Maybe below your navel, noticing that area as you breathe. And on the in-breath, noticing the sensations. And on the out breath, the release. And if you like, you could hold the end of the out breath for a little while to get a glimpse of this bare awareness.
1: the simple, natural, open state and just relax like the
0: Buddha, maybe just relaxing into the Simple openness,
1: where you don't have to prove, you don't have to prove anything to anybody.
0: And thoughts appear and you don't have to get rid of those. You you don't have to do anything. They free themselves.
1: This childlike kindness,
0: Children love to share.
1: Just be. Be with the body
0: The sensations in the thighs, in the calves,
1: in the feet.
0: And simply hear
1: with ease, just hearing.
0: You might open your eyes and just look around a little bit without thinking too much about it, just seeing. Easy being. You may notice too that everything you see or hear or feel, you can't grab it. It's gone before it begins almost. We can't control our living experience. It's ungraspable. Children don't think about these things. Controlling.
1: Permanent me.
0: It's kind of unheard of that we don't have to do anything, that we're enough just alive, just aware, just awake. our birthright. In this aliveness, in this awakeness, this awareness, we are completely safe. Nothing can destroy this powerful, radiant presence that we are, just all of us naturally are. That's just naturally loving naturally kind
1: naturally free.
0: And of course thoughts come and are... Our Attention isn't on figuring out the stories, maintaining the stories, getting rid of the stories. More on the blessing, the blessing of just being... in this eternal moment, sacred moment, that is ungraspable. And now shifting gears a little bit, imagining someone sorry, in front of you who likes you very much or loves you. Could be a good friend,
1: could be a life partner, could be a teacher, could be the Buddha,
0: could be a pet, could be a grandson, granddaughter. A child, just someone who knows you and likes you. And imagine them looking into you with appreciation.
1: With goodwill, maybe with love,
0: and feel this kindness from them, this appreciation. And they know, if you could say, why do you love me? Or why do you like me? They would just shrug and say, I just do.
1: And you feel okay
0: with them. You feel this just simple okayness held in their love, their goodwill. I'm not going to say joy or something more exalted, just well-being, safe. A fundamental state of okayness like you had when you were A child, perhaps. So nice
1: to be just okay.
0: But they also see your good intentions.
1: They see that you're good, that you mean well.
0: you live lived your life well. You've made some honorable efforts to care for your loved ones, care for your friends lead a virtuous life.
1: They see your good intentions. You don't want to cause any harm. You want to be helpful.
0: You want to develop spiritually. You want to live in truth. You want to find the meaning, live in the meaning. see your skills, your particular talents that are unique to you in the way you've carried out your life, things you've done well, things you're doing well now. And they see how you, maybe for a long time, a really long time, have longed
1: to grow, to learn, to develop in wisdom, to develop in compassion, to live in your true nature. They know all these
0: things about you. You relax with them and feel good, feel okay.
1: And imagine now
0: that this being this warm hearted. And wise being turns into light, melts into light. This magnificent light in front of you. It is their essence.
1: And that light
0: dissolves into you. And you become the light. Suffused by the light. Bathed in the light. Allowing the light to permeate all of your tendons and sinews and muscles. Energies. Opening. Opening your mind, opening your heart, opening all your sublime energies and relaxing.
1: It's a wonderful discussion. And thank you, Leslie. I think you did a very good job. And Gloria, of course. Yeah. Kids take naps every day. Mm. Trish, did you want to
0: say something?
2: Yeah, so in our group, while we all recall times where we felt good about ourselves, like um, in nature and doing riding bikes and climbing trees and things, and uh, large family gatherings, taking care of a younger brother, um, you know, feeling responsible for him, um, what stood out in our uh, to, group in our talk was um the negative traumatic memories and um we felt like how much they dominated and um also made the connection with how how they made us lose touch with our goodness so in my case i was um when my sister was born younger sister out of jealousy i teased her and so my parents called me the mean one and she was the sweet one. So that really made it worse for me, you know, that I was bad. I was also bad at the firstborn. I was a girl. I was supposed to be a boy and um, others had uh, different traumas, you know, that especially high expectations, trying to live up to them. Someone said she felt like her mother's puppet, trying to, be proper and do all the things she was supposed to. Um, Someone had a mean grandma and she felt like it was her fault, but she didn't know why. So um, the feelings of, you know, I'm bad and doing something wrong, but I'm not sure what it is and trying to please, but not pleasing. um, There was a lot of that that we felt made us lose touch with our own goodness yeah. as we
0: grew up yeah yeah that's that's, that's what uh, we have now we have uh there's afflictions as part of our being and that's what we practice with that's the suffering that we to get back to that to get back home to get back to that purity rada you're
3: well trish waiting. i want to thank you i want to thank trish for opening the door. (laughs) In our group, I listened to all the beautiful ladies giving positive memories of their childhood. And I just sat there wondering, oh, am I going to drop a bomb? And then when it was my turn, I just looked at them and said, well, I was an unwanted child. I was an accident. (laughs) And I knew it. So, yeah, we had some just some discussion about negative uh, childhoods, too. And I can speak to mine, which, um, of course, um, spread out to my not having friends because I didn't know how to be social or nice or, you know, reach out for a relationship. I just hadn't been taught in my own family. So... Um, so by contrast to the other folks in the group who were talking about when they started their musical lessons, it was such a, a leap of love into music that they remember that moment so beautifully. Um, I just, you know, kind of did the opposite. But I do have to say that I'm in my childhood now. Uh, and, and it's wonderful. Wonderful. Now is when I am feeling as free as can be. I'm old and I'm sick and yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm here and I'm free. I really feel it. Um, So it, it turned out backwards for me, but I'm nine years old. Yeah,
0: our suffering can be our medicine. Joe, what did you would you share something with us? Would you
4: like to? Yeah, our group uh did not have a great time at age nine. We all had uh very difficult childhoods. Uh there was no childhood childlike innocence that anybody shared. I'm not saying nobody could have dug some up, but it wasn't uh it was very difficult. For me, it was a very difficult exercise, actually. Um, there's nothing really nice to hang on to uh, in all of that.
1: <clears throat>
4: the nice phase of my life started about 20, 25 years ago when I started secular mindfulness. Before that, it was just not good. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, so Anyway, so there's Different kinds of memories about childhood <laughs> amongst us. That's just what I only you know, take away, I guess.
5: Right. I, I just want to respond to that, if I may. Um, in our group, you know, we were sharing positive things, and I shared some really lovely things, which I was grateful to be able to do. That doesn't obviate some other stuff that I just chose not to talk about today. It was, there. it was there too. But I was very grateful to have the opportunity and I'm not criticizing in any way. Sometimes that's just what comes up, you know, the, the negative stuff that's just there. And so, but uh, yeah, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I don't want you to... Maybe I'm imagining this, you know, that like you you didn't have to come up with something positive. I mean, you came up with whatever you came up with, and and I could have if the coin had flipped another way, I could have come up with some real horror stories.
4: I love um, it. Yeah, thanks. I don't think any of us felt bad about <laughs> that. That's what came I'm, up. I'm,
1: I'm such a caretaker. Yeah,
4: yeah and I'm not and I'm, I'm not saying none of us had anything good we could have shared, but that's what that's what came up for all That's
0: of us. Yeah. So, so thanks. Thanks for your concern. Yeah. Don't feel guilty about remembering some nice things about your child. I feel
4: really bad about not remembering nice things about my child.
0: Oh, I bet you're That's of- a joke. That's
4: a joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good.
0: So yeah, this is a very, kind of a sticky thing when we go, you know, that's when that's when all the when all of our, our uh, hindrances and you know our poisons were born in our childhood. Um so uh, yeah, so of course that's that's what we've come up. Um Anyone else?
4: There's some hand raised answers there. Please.
1: Please. Elizabeth,
2: Elizabeth I've spoken. I think you should
6: definitely. I, I'm i just feeling so much healing of my inner <clears throat> child parts, because um, I study internal family systems, just with the sharing of both the suffering and even just naming some things of the difficulties of our childhood, some like poisons or hindrances. And I, um, I shared in my group that, yeah, the childhood questions are always like, a, I want to run away and hide. But what I... What I feel I've finally come to is I used to feel so envious and jealous of people that had beautiful, like childhood experiences, or, and it was a thing that kind of ruled, it was always a comparison, you know. I still fell into it a little bit last week, but what I find about people that have had, um, some good things in their childhood is I'm actually in awe and I go, wow. Um, and I sort of want to, so it was a big deal for me to, to to work through that jealousy of some people that had good to come to seeing the inspiration of it and the possibilities of it. And um, as the, as a potential that I could try it myself, even like looking at this age right now. Um, And yeah, I can sort of feel those that have had the real challenges. It's, it's a comfort. It's like a blanket. Oh yeah. You know, we get each other and, and I'm learning to embrace the people that have had the good and yeah, they haven't had it perfect either. Like, um, who just spoke yeah we could all dredge up but I'm the age nine is just still sticking with me I remember um, like it was I was given a lot of responsibility at age nine you know it was the our maybe our era um, was my mother would notice something oh you're too skinny go see the doctor <laughs> you yeah, have parasites I don't know. So you know, you just went on the bus and you did it, and then I was sort of expected to get a job picking blueberries or whatever. But the wisdom, my my mother, who's ninety four, and uh, she's become childlike in a very good way. She had so much suffering, and I'm I'm watching the beauty of this, uh, of my learning about seeing people in the in the nursing home. I, I see. People walking in the little park, and I see so much of their life and how I see so much of their soul and what they've accomplished, whatever age they've become, and what a friggin challenge it is <laughs> to live this life and um yeah, I just wanted to share that and and thank you um and thanks for those bringing both the good and the and and the um Yeah, the suffering, the poisons, and our challenge in life. So thank you.
0: Okay, well, this has been wonderful. Wonderful to hear your reflections and your, you know, digging into what it was for you and what it is now for you and and, uh, and what's emerging from you now. So um, let's take a 10-minute break and then we'll do some more exploring when we come back. And Fiona, our, our, our dear and wise Fiona, will give a little offering and then we'll resume our discussions with the same groups. Okay? Uh,
5: please so don't leave because then you'll you'll lose your small group assignment. So just uh, don't turn off your your connection. But we will take a ten minute break. Yeah, yeah. so coming back into our virtual space together. Uh, while other people are coming back, you can just settle back in and I'm very rich sharing this last. Um, hour and a half together and a lot has come up so just to sort of let it sink in and rest very uh, tender and uh, sharing of you all in this contemplation of childhood memories, the positive ones and challenging ones and holding this now in this time of our life, you know. I have found um, this was a practice that I um, encountered from Sharon Salzberg years ago when I was studying her, you know, teachings on metta practice. And um, I recall someone asked her, well, metta's wonderful and... Um what if it's hard <laughs> when there's people or things or memories that are quite difficult, you know, and it just doesn't matter's not arising. It's, it feels fabricated, it feels stiff. It's not coming. And uh I really appreciated and have incorporated this practice over the years for myself um, it was a forgiveness practice and um, I just wanted to share that as possibly uh, something to incorporate especially if if memories or incidents in our narrative arise that are quite difficult either in our own actions or the actions of others in our narrative. So uh, what Sharon um, shared was three practices or three intentions or mental intentions. And one was, uh, the first was, uh, may I forgive those who have harmed me knowingly and unknowingly.
1: And the second
5: was, may I be forgiven by those I have harmed, knowingly and unknowingly. And then may I forgive myself for any harm that I have caused myself. And it felt, to me, so kind, this kind practice when things are difficult to uh, bring up this wellspring of openness, you know, can I forgive what's happened, whether it was intended or not? And may I be forgiven? So I, I just wanted to share that uh, I have found over the years. Uh, I, I remember I'll just share with you. I had some very challenging memories from childhood with, um, and now I had a conversation with my son years ago after my father had died, and um, he asked me about my. The hard times. And I, I said, I feel so blessed. All I remember now is the love. The bad memories have faded. And I don't know how that happened. But somehow I believe it's part of this Dharma practice has allowed the sharpness, the pain, the poisons of suffering. You just... Uh, level out so I, I share that I offer that as a possibility for for all of you and um I I wanted to also share this um David was talking about this awareness or this sense of innate goodness um that I first came across this idea in my early 20s when I uh, was raised in a tradition where uh, our, what was innate was sin. Was, uh, and so to come across a way of life and a teaching, this was not Buddhism at the time, it was Quakerism. Uh, and it was a radical teaching of this innate goodness, this light within, deep within and i feel that in gills teaching he talks about as we come up in our practice and things arise memories our own suffering our own difficulties that beneath that when we can relax around what is arising and accept it underneath is this wellspring of beauty and goodness I love it. He keeps referring back to this. Maybe, maybe this is what some people refer to as Buddha nature. The Quakers would call it the Christ within. Um, The Advaita people would maybe say self with a big S. There's but really trusting that, and I think when you look at babies before they're nine. (laughs) small children, there's this open awareness, this it's unfabricated and it's this source of great comfort, great intimacy and beauty and uh, maybe our metta practice is what uh, nurtures that re-recognizes that in us So maybe we'll just have to go back into our groups and maybe readdress, maybe not look at the childhood. There's so many prompts here, but maybe look at our own goodness, really underneath the story. What is there that's good? And one of the prompts to name three strengths or virtues that we have. Can we honestly just say, this is true about me? Or, And how does this feel to recognize this deep, inner, innate goodness that is ready to just be there, our deepest friend? So anyway, Joe, if you could put us back into the small groups and uh, just for 15 minutes now, but if we can read. Oh, yes. And if you care to. I'm sorry. I meant to say this at first. Connect with each other and and want to share your emails and reconnect in the future. You can always email me at Senior Sangha and I can connect you. You know, we've had this request in the past. Anyway, so please enjoy the extension of your small group and sharing. What are your own good, natural strengths and goodness that you can recognize and share with others? So. So, Joe, if you can put us in the small groups again, that would be great, and for 15 minutes. So sorry. It was a short time, but the sharing was very rich, and we, we just um, went over, but it was very natural. So yeah. I uh, thank you all. And I, um, if you want to share more or connect in ongoing with your group of people, please hopefully you have each other's names if you can let me know and you want to share emails or contact please um let me know just do this uh, senior sangha and i can yeah. uh, if you people's contacts if they're open for that
0: i'd like to say something fiona just briefly because yeah. i have to go I'm, we're going on the trip so i have to say goodbye but um <clears throat> I think we'll continue with this uh, exploring our inner goodness uh, next session. So, um, uh, from a different a different angle, I, I think it's a, a very juicy uh, and and wholesome and helpful topic for us as seniors that are maybe struggling sometimes to uh, you know with to, to see that in ourselves to see our strengths. So I'm going to listen to Fiona for a few minutes, but then I'm going to be leaving you all. So thank you.
5: Well, I am very touched, you know, this whole subject and your sharing and um, looking at innate goodness and awareness, deep roots of love and where our strengths are. And um, I found this poem. I just wanted to send you off with uh, these thoughts from John O'Donohue. You have traveled too fast over false ground. Now your soul has come to take you back. Take refuge in your senses. Open up to all the small miracles you rushed through. Become inclined to watch the way of rain when it falls slow and free. Imitate the habit of twilight. Taking time to open the well of color that fostered the brightness of day. Draw alongside the silence of stone until it, its calmness can claim you. Be excessively gentle with yourself. Be excessively gentle yourself. Let's just be quiet
1: for a few minutes.
5: Maybe feel a deep, gentle intimacy with this inner light, this inner goodness. Maybe hidden, but there, just our deepest self, our deepest friend. May this sustain us as we move through our days. And may we be able to appreciate this whole journey. The whole picture, all of it. And this Dharma path, the blessing of this Dharma path. Thank you all. Thank you for sharing. And um, maybe you want to unmute and say each other. And,
1: and get... we use the poem,
5: to read. Pardon? Will you send us the poem? Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
4: Bye,
5: everyone. Bye, Thank you. Bye.